You were shocked by that, but God is not shocked. You were surprised by that, but God is not surprised. Believe that your God has got a better plan for you. Amen. Are we together? Have the right attitude whenever something happens. No point in trying to analyze why did it happen, how come, why did it happen to me, why did, who, did you, who did you want it to happen to? But anything that happens in life, I'm keeping to teach you this. Please, from today. Whatever has happened, that's, I guess that's where they get the phrase, it is what it is. We become mentally unstable when we try to analyze what has happened. And the only thing, I guess, the only advantage of that is something has happened. The only question you can ask yourself is, what am I supposed to learn from this? Not why it did happen. Or I wish it had happened like this and like that, like that. You are wasting your time and you are becoming mentally unstable. It's not good for your mental health. Because God has allowed it to happen. You are shocked, he is not shocked. You are surprised, he is not surprised. Do you think he didn't see it coming? Then he wouldn't be God. Are you hearing me? Whatever happens to you in your life, positive or negative, your duty is to just keep on carrying on with life. Carrying on with him. Praising him in difficult times and in good times. Worshipping your God and knowing that whatever you go through, he will see you through. Whatever you go through, he will see you through. You write that down. So believe that he can do anything. Believe that he will lead you through. Don't worry about anything. The Lord only says, believe. Those songs are prophetic. Amen. Just believe. And as I continue to receive the messages, I'm going to share with you today at this family conference, flagship family conference and anniversary 2022. A message that God placed upon my heart and I keep saying, God, is this message for the family conference? Says, yes. Can I teach this? Yes. Are they not going to get shocked? <laughs> Are they not going to get surprised? This is consistent with what is already in the Pillars book. That as far as God is concerned, and it's also in the epistle, if you are reading your epistle, that in God there should be no stereotypes. God wants us, God wants to deal with us first in agape. So we can show the world that you think your thinking is nothing compared to the thinking of God. That's why, as Commissioner confirmed yesterday, he says in his word, Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts. I wish people would understand that. When you see what I'm going to share with you today, you understand that it is true. <laughs> that his thoughts and your thoughts are very different. And I hope from today, as we continue to with this vision, a new vision for a new generation. I want everybody to put on their seatbelts and get ready to receive a message that will possibly shock you out of your normal 
understanding of things. It's a scripture and a chapter I've been reading through and through. I've read the Bible so many times, but for some reason, I don't know. I, although I read that chapter many times, it never really clicked until this time. You see that we we'll talk about rejection that invokes God's direction or redirection. We'll talk in more specific terms later on after I have read the chapter. Please read the book of Judges, chapter 11. We're going to read the whole chapter. Get ready to get surprised. <laughs> Somebody say it's a new vision for a new generation. Judges, chapter 11. Now, Japheth the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of an harlot. And Gilead begat Japheth. And Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jesaph, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Japheth fled from his brethren, and dwelt in the land of Tob, and there were gathered vain men to Japheth, and went out with him. And it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Japheth out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Japheth, Come out, be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. And Japheth said unto the elders of Gilead, did not ye hate me and expel me out of my father's house? Mm. And why are ye come unto me now when you're in distress? Mm. And the elders of Gilead said unto Japheth, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Japheth said unto the elders of Gilead, if ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jabbah, The Lord be a witness between us, if we do not do so according to thy words. Then Jabbah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jabbah uttered, uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. And Japheth sent the messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou art come again me to fight in my land? And the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Japheth, Because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt, from Aram even unto Jabuk, and unto Jordan. Now therefore restore those lands again peaceably. And Japheth sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon, and said unto him, Thus saith Japheth, mm. Israel took not away the land of Moab, mm. nor the land of the children of Ammon. Mm. But when Israel came up, against, up from Egypt, and walked through the wilderness unto the Red Sea, and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers 
unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in the like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent, and Israel abode in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness, and compassed the land of Edom, and the land of Moab, and came by the east side of the land of Moab, and pitched on the other side of Aram, but came not within the border of Moab, for Aram was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto the Shion, the king of the Amites, and the king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us pass, we pray thee, through thy land into my place. But Shehon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahiz and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel. And they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites and in the inhabitants of that country. And they possessed all the coasts of the Amorites mm. from Aaron unto Jabuk and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. So now the Lord God of Israel hath disposed of the Amorites from before his people Israel, and shouldest thou possess it? Will not thou possess that which Chemosh thy God giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, mm. them will we possess. Mm. And now art thou anything between them than Balak and the son of Zippor, the king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? While Israel dwelt in Heshbon and her towns, and in Ara and her towns, and in all the cities that were along the coast of Aram, three hundred years, why therefore did ye not recover them within that time? Wherefore have I not sinned against thee, but thou dost me wrong to war against me? The Lord the judge be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Japheth, which he sent him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came unto Japheth, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh, and passed over Mizpah of Gilead. And from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Japheth bowed a vow unto the Lord and said, if thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands, then it shall be that whatsoever come forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, mm. and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Mm. So Japheth passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. Mm. And he smote them from Aram, even till that he come into Mineth, even twenty cities, and into the plain of the vineyards, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. Mm. And Japheth came to Mizpah unto his, his house, and behold, mm. his daughter came out to meet him mm. with trembles and dances, and she was his only child. Mm. Beside her he had neither son nor daughter, and it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said alas 
my daughter. Thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which proceedeth out of thy mouth. For as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I may go up and down upon the mountains, and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months. And when she went with her companions, and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains, and it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he vowed. And she knew no man, and it was a custom, as it was the custom in Israel, that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jatha, the Gilite, four days in a year. Amen. Thank you, my Father. Your word has been read. I pray, Almighty Father, that in the time that we have today and in the days to come, as your children go through this chapter once again, I pray that you grant them understanding even more. You open their eyes of their understanding so that hopefully your Father God at the end of it all Everyone will have the understanding that truly you are God and not man. Understand that indeed truly your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. They will understand that indeed we think in terms of our backgrounds. In terms of our knowledge acquired from where we came from, from where we grew up, from our environment, in terms of norms that we regard as the right ones. In one way or another, we are all stereotyped. I pray, Almighty God, that as your children go through this chapter once again, let them be as much in awe as I was and I still am. Even having gone through that chapter of my That indeed you are the awesome God. And that once again we learn that as long as we are human, we are not qualified to comment on the things that you do. Because our thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not our ways. I thank you, my Father, that is with a new vision this new vision for a new generation, they will understand this as we move forward. That they are thinking about certain things. No change. And they mainly will understand that you are God and you shall always be God. And our mission and our duty is just to appreciate you for who you are and we worship you for who you are. Whatever comes our way, we receive it because you are God as long as we are in your hands. The dangerous thing is to be away from your hands. To be away from you, oh God. 
For when things happen, then you are not in church. But when things happen around us, when we are in your hands, God Almighty, you are the potter that directs our lives. You can break us and make us up again. Father, I thank you for this word. Once again, I pray that you help me through the leading of the Holy Spirit, the work of is my helper. My helper. Holy Spirit, work of I need you. Right now, so that I can release this message to your people. My helper, help me to share with your people so that they can help. As close to the same understanding that I have. In the mighty name of the Lord, Yeshua, Messiah, I pray. Amen. I'm just going to introduce you to the subject. And then we'll continue with the celebration. It's a whole chapter I cannot even finish preaching on. There are so many intricate issues that the God of Agape touched in that chapter. And I pray that over time, you get to understand those things. But I pray in particular that by the end of the day today, any stereotypical thinking that was in your system, may God take it away. And that at the end of the day today, you'll understand and accept God as God. Hallelujah. Let us break it down piece by piece, if I may. It says, now Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor. What an introduction. The Bible starts by telling you that the person that God is about to talk about, or the person that the scripture or the word of God is about to introduce to you, is not just an ordinary person. He's a mighty man of valor. The only other person that I know in scripture who is described like that is Gideon. Hallelujah. <laughs> And then says he was the son <laughs> of a hallowed. And Gilead beget Jephthah. Hello? <laughs> right here before I go too far. Let the God of Agape deal with a lot of stereotypes that are in the church of God and in the house. Let me say straight away that, ladies and gentlemen, what I've learned from this is that the moment a human being is born, the moment a person is born, no matter the circumstances of their birth, that person is a soul before God. And it is a soul that God loves. 
It's a soul that Christ Yeshua Hamashiach died for. Are we together? Amen. <laughs> like I said, if you were God yourself, or if you were the head of the church yourself, just this one was enough to crack your head up. Just verse 1 has got so many confusing things. Or so many things or a few things that would confuse the normal Christian. Hallelujah. How is it that this gentle, because when you read the first paragraph, you think, oh, we are going to hear a powerful resume of this character. Because it starts by saying what? A mighty man of valor. Before it then tells you that this mighty man of valor begins to talk to you about the parentage of the mighty man of valor. Are you ready for this message? Yeah. I got it. <laughs> Have you ever seen this chapter before? <laughs> Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. Somebody say amen. amen. And he was a son of an hallowed. Can you hear an amen? amen. amen. <laughs> then there's a semicolon, a colon rather. And then it goes on to tell you. Who the father was. <laughs> you see, we are talking about Jephthah the Gileadite, whose father is Gilead. Hello. But the mother, we are not told of the name so far. We are only told that this mighty man of valor had a mother who, according to the world's view, was a prostitute. Amen. Another name for Hannah. Before we go far, ask yourself the question. Would you, if you were God, would you have called this man a mighty man of valor? Just your stereotype straight away, hearing that the mother was a harlot, you'll be like, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say stereotypes. Yeah. The good of Agape is dealing with me and with us in terms of dealing with stereotypical thinking. Because God wants to prove himself that he is not man, but he is. God. And that what you think about what he does is irrelevant to his thinking. However you were brought up, whatever values you were brought out to hold, they are irrelevant to God's thinking and his way of judgment when it comes to values. Sometimes when I go through things like this, I'm like, I, 
Marindi balanzewa. Ndi balanzewa mareva. Super, super, super. Ndi balanzi, ndi balanzi. I don't know how do they say balance me or God? Hello. Apa pendaraji mari balance me. I asked him. Now he is, he was the son of an harlot. <laughs> and he is in your Bible. Do you know this God who loves harlots? You don't love them, but God loves them. Amen. <laughs> and yeah, it's only one lady who says amen. Because everyone try struggle to say amen to such a thing. Stereotypes. Do you think God does not love Harlot? He would not be God if he did it. Are you with me? His unconditional love is such that he loves everyone. That's why the word of God says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Do you know that the whole history of the children of Israel being delivered, first of all, God gave the key to the Harlot. There were many other people through whom God could let the children of Israel pass through Jericho. But he had to use to show you that your ways are not his ways. Your thoughts are not his thoughts. I can bet I can bet my bottom dollar. If you were God, you would not have used the rab. If you were God yourself sitting there, you would have said, I want to look for the most righteous person. To deal with my righteous cause. I can assure you, if you were the pastor and the priest of the time, you would have said to God, What's wrong with you? Because the Bible tells us that Rahab had a, he, she was, she had a reputation. Hello? That's what the Bible says, right? She had a reputation in the city, she was well known. And God sent his servants. God sent his servants to the house of the well-known Harold. Think. The question is, if you were God, if you were God, thank God you are not God. Hi. I want you to begin to understand the unconditional love of God. Because when you are in agape and you don't understand agape, you have a problem in agape. Let me say it again. When you are in agape and you don't understand agape, you have a problem in agape and you'll be a problem in agape. Because God, his whole being, everything about him is nothing but agape. His unconditional love for his people. It is that unconditional love for his people that led him to sending his son, his only begotten son, to die on the cross of Calvary. That was the consummation of his unconditional love for us. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Gilead beget Jephthah. Listen to verse 2. 
and Gilead his wife. Stereotype number two. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Today I was, I've gone through this chapter so many times and I've got treasure this prediction. And the Lord said, the time has now come for you to deal with the stereotypical thinking in the church, in the people. Because they need to understand that God is God and you are not God. Because God will do things that you don't understand. Why do you not understand them? Because you have your background. Because of the way you grew up. I was sharing with the commission that God has allowed me to travel all over the world and it, I, I, he did it for a reason. Especially during these three, four years. I've learned a lot about a lot. Particularly about Christianity. Because God has taken me to different areas with different regions, with different people and I've seen that each area God has taken me to, there are Christians that I was meeting but their perception and perspective on Christianity is different all over. And God has taken me also to people who are both Pentecostal and non-Pentecostal. And depending on which area you are, their definition of Christianity is different. Their understanding of God, even in the scripture, is different. And every understanding is modeled by their background. I've gone to places and I've come out. Now, that's why I now understand the scripture and Christ our Lord when he says, judge not. I now understand it much better because I've been exposed to situations and environments and the Christians where I'm thinking, is that Christian behavior? And I've asked myself, who am I to ask that question? I've gone to places where there are people who groovy and shake it and kick it Friday and Saturday and then Sunday they are praising God like there's no tomorrow. And the whole crowd, including the men of God, they take no issue of drinking. The whole society. Friday they are grooving. Saturday they are grooving. Sunday they are praising. And when they praise God, you'll be shocked how they worship their God and they cry before. They do things you like, these guys are grooving on Sunday. <laughs> And I'm struggling because of my stereotypical background. I was raised in a background that says you cannot do that. You are not a Christian if you do that. Then I get surprised that I'm now in an environment where everybody, including the man of God, is grooving on Friday, is grooving on Saturday, but Sunday they are praising God like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> then it takes me to another environment which is completely opposite. And then you find that that environment is so sticky because everybody is busy judging everybody else. Everyone's move is marked by another person. And everyone is busy trying to say, what you're doing is wrong, what you're doing is right. I, it's not good. I'm like, okay, so who is right here? Because everybody is trying to judge everybody else to not being righteous. That's what I have in my environment. And then he took me to, and God was teaching me that, look, all these people, none of them is right. They are all stereotyped. Because the way they think, 
is confined by their environment and by the way they grew up. Let me ask you a, a stupid question. How many of you in the house are Christians? How many of you right now are Christians? <coughs> you are even afraid of answering. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I have written in the book that you know of your own information, now you know that God is not a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you are a Christian, but God is not a Christian. <laughs> it's in the epistle. Yeah. I've also written in the epistle that when I address the Muslims, they need to know that God is not Muslim. When I address the Jewish, I want them to know that God is not Jewish either. Why? Because God is God. Period. He wants us to worship Him through the different means and media and approaches that we make towards Him. I ask you why, I ask you here if. How many of you are Christians and most of you raised your hands? Can I tell you something? The only reason you are a Christian and not a Hindu is because you are not born in India to Indian parents. Because if you were born in India to Indian parents, trust me, you would be a Hindu worshipping a cow now. And you would be convinced that your kind of worship is the right one. When I'm preaching to you about Jesus Christ, you'll be thinking this man is crazy. Okay. You say you are Christians. How many of you in this room are Muslims? No one, right? And 99% of the time, the only reason why you are not is because you're not born to Muslim parents. So don't think you're very smart. And so what does God... You tell me, how does God deal with a child who was born to Muslim parents? And from the day they were born up to the day they grow, all they've been taught is Islam. And everything that they know is in the Quran. And then they sit in the same area with you. You grew up with Christian parents and all they taught you was Christ and the Bible. And everything that you know is Christ and the Bible. If you were God, how do you deal with these two children? And both of the children die. Their souls if you were God, what would you do with them? Which one would you throw away? Which one would you do with Is it the child's fault? That the child grew under Hindu parents and they taught the child Hinduism through and through? So who are you to judge that child? Who are you? Why are you judging that child? God is dealing with me in terms of stereotypical thinking like never before. And he wants the church agape. That's why the theme says going yonder and getting stronger. Because with this kind of messages you see this is time to really go yonder. Like I say, the verse we just read there, it's in your Bible. 
The man we are introducing is called Jephthah. He was a mighty man of valor, full stop. If you can stop baby like, Hallelujah, Hosanna, Hallelujah. You are praying, you are thanking God for this mighty man of valor. But then, hang on, God says, hang on, hang on. This mighty man of valor is the son of a harlot. <laughs> Hello. And the son of the harlot came through a man. Because this son, who is a mighty man of valor, is a Gileadite. And the father actually was the Gilead himself. Amen. What did you do if you were God? And now this two tells us humanity now. And Gilead is why. Not Jephthah's father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello? Gilead's wife bear him sons. Listen to me. And his wife's sons grew up. They grew up. They grew up. And as they grew up, they thrust out Jephthah. Why did they do that? Stereotypical thinking. In their mind, they were saying, this is a son of a heart. In their mind. And according to society, according to society, their behavior, their attitude towards this young man was right. One way or Shona is one of the toughest languages on earth. This language, I don't know whoever crafted it or designed it. Because when you say something in English and try to then say it in Shona, it's, the weather is fine. It sounds good. Huh? The weather is not a problem. Zulu is not a problem. But when you put it in Shona, So, according to the stereotypical thinking, what did they do? They thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, you know what they said? Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house. For thou art the son of a strange woman. That is their thinking. But is that God's thinking? I want the church to learn this today. God is taking us higher. Shaka They acted according to the social norms of the time. But your norms are not God's norms. Your ways are not God's ways. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren. I like his response. And dwelt in the land of Troy. And there were gathered vain men of Jephthah and went out with him. You know, if they say you are a tortoise, then become one. That's what they did. If they reject you, let them reject you. What you shall see as you go through this chapter, okay, I'm not rushing it. I'm, going, I'm taking it bit by bit. 
Are you with me so far? Gilead is wife. So far we haven't heard her speak. But we heard the sons speak. And they say this one. You know what they say to him? They basically defrauded him of his role as a son. Are you with me? They defrauded him of his role as a son. But do you believe that there's anything that they could say or do that takes away the fact that this young man, Jephthah, was Gilead's son? Hello, talk to me now. Is there anything that they could have said or done that would suddenly make him not a son to Gilead anymore? Hello. But they say it, didn't they? Don't you understand? They say it. What did they say? Thou shalt not inherit our father's house. What are they saying? They are basically saying, We are the sons, and you are not. According to their stereotypical thinking. According to their thinking and the ideas of the society at the time, they thought they were right. Don't play with the souls that God has made. The moment someone is born, hear me, house of children. It doesn't matter the circumstance of their birth. Are you hearing me, The moment a human being will breathe, I want you to know that that's why Christ he died for souls. The preachers, the evangelists, they call it soul winning when they are preaching. They want to win souls to Christ. And the moment a human being is born, they become a living soul. And Christ wants to win that soul. And you have, you think you have a right to judge that person and it's according to the circumstances of how they were born. Because society tends to think that it's only those who are born with a mother and a father who are married, they are the right children. Hello? That's what you think, right? That's what you're taught to think. That's what you grew up thinking. And thank God for the God of Agape. Thank God for the vision of Agape. is turning people around, turning your minds around to say, you cannot think like that because you are not God. And when you think like that, you are demeaning the value of another soul. Because God does not look at the circumstances of that death. So they behaved in accordance with their stereotypical thinking. And they thought they were right. Verse 3, let's go. Then Jephthah fled. He did the right thing. We don't hear that he quarreled with them. We don't hear that he fought with them. And I want to say to you from that verse, that anytime people reject you or they kick you out, if they kick you out, kick a big kick a ball. The important thing is, as long as you know that you are with your God, 
As long as you know that God is with you, I want you to know that no matter what you can say or do to me, as long as I know that my God is me, if you kick me there, I can be kicked. If you refuse me there, if you reject me there, I'm ready to be rejected. As long as he doesn't reject me. Are you with me? Men can reject you, but as long as you know that your relationship with your God is intact. When they reject you, be rejectable. Hallelujah. When they kick you out, be kickable. As long as you know that your God is with you, He will give you His agape love. He fled from them and went away. This process, and it came to pass in the process of time. I like such summary. <laughs> That the children of Ammon made war against Israel. The children of Ammon, another son, another man who bears sons. Okay? They made war against the whole nation of Israel. Hello? You think God was surprised by that? Nothing surprises. God. Do you think when they were kicking Jephthah out, God was not watching? He was watching. Why? Because nothing surprises God. Do you think that when the father Gilead met with the hallowed up now, don't know what the name is? Just imagine. Okay, let me take you back to society. Imagine the reaction of society when they heard about the birth of Jephthah. <laughs> Hello? They had a lot of respect for Gilead. Hey. Gilead was a mighty, was a well-known man. In fact, he was, the whole area was named after him. Hello? That's why the says he was a Gileadite, which means he was a, a big guy, a landlord. He was the chief of the area. The whole area was named after him, which means he was a well-known and well-respected guy who was married. He was married. <laughs> and then you hear did you hear that? That the, 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 the man, the Gilead himself, we heard that he impregnated a prostitute. That's the that's be the rumor in the village. Now, can you imagine when Jephthah was going to school? Hello? Imagine, just begin to imagine what they were saying to him. Imagine what they said to Gilead himself. Imagine what they said to the wife. So far the Bible just says the wife, right? 
So what you only know now is what the son said. And did. They said and they acted. They spoke and they acted. And they did. It's called in English language plain, it's called rejection. But I want you to know that as long as you are with your God, sometimes and in most cases, rejection invokes God's direction. Amen. Are you hearing me, people? As long as your God is with you and you are with your God, do not fight when people say we don't want you no more. Blah 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 blah. blah. Just go. Amen. <laughs> God will prove Himself to you over time, as you see in this scripture, in this chapter. Kanawa zingwa zingi kaenda za. It's not God who has dingered you. It's not God who chased you away. It's people. Because of their stereotype thinking, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Have you ever seen this chapter? And it came to pass in the first time that the children of Israel made war. And it was so that when the children of Abnon made war against Israel, the elders Ay, 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 ay. The elders of Gilead went to fetch Because now the elders, we don't see, it's not the sons of Gilead. But the elders of the village, they went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. Because in their mind, God blesses for they were truly agape. They knew that that Jephthah, who has been despised in society, who has been led to live the land of his birth, is a son of God. He's a child of God, just like all of us. Let's go fetch him. Where are you going? You're going to fetch the son of a prostitute. Are you crazy? Are you okay? There's something wrong with you. But God bless the elders. Those who know God to be God and man to be man. And they say to Jephthah, Come and be our captain. From captor to captain. From captive to captain. Come and be our captain. That we may fight with the children of Amun. You see, these people, they are taking us back to verse 1. Somehow there's an idea and an understanding and a knowledge that this so-called son of the Harlot is a mighty man of Allah. And the baby mama knows. <laughs> the baby mama, let's talk about baby mamas and baby daddies. 
It's a new vision for a new generation. The harlot was the baby mom. And there are so many baby mamas who are despised in society. But not in agape. Because God has made me understand through this scripture and others that we should never judge anyone. Because as we shall go through this chapter, you shall realize that there are so many people, even in the vision, even right now, who are in the same situation. Who grew up, who were born in a circumstance, in a situation where their father was not regarded as their father. There's nothing like that. They say this one is a fatherless child. How can someone be a fatherless child? That society has taught us to think like that and to speak like that and you are making judgment over someone who was born and that someone is a soul. <laughs> May God help us. <clears throat> May God help us. Come and fight. Verse 7 says, And Jephthah said unto them, Did not you hate me? And expel me out of my father's house? The good thing that is that a son knows he's a son. Are we together? Amen. No matter what society called him, no matter what they have labeled him, he never forgot that he was a son to his father. And I want you to know the same thing that you should not worry about what people say about you. You should know who you are. Are you nicer? You should know who you are before your God. Because people always make comments about you in terms of your background. To a lot of people, background matters. Who's the mother? Who is the father? Why is that important to you? There are so many people this day who are being raised by a baby mama and the father has disappeared. Hello? Amen. Talk to me. Don't pretend like you don't know. Amen. Particularly in this current age, this is the system, the situation where we are now. There are more baby mamas out there raising children on their own. And the father is not there. Well, the father was never there. Some of you grew up in that situation. So why are you blaming the baby mama? What's wrong? What has she done? Why are you commenting on her for God allowing her to bring to earth a beautiful soul? Who are you to make that judgment? Family Conference 2020. You need to understand the family of God. How big and how large it is. And that you cannot limit him in terms of the way he defines his family. Hallelujah. We are at a family conference. <laughs> Did you not throw me out? Did you not expel me out of my father's house? And why are you come unto me now when you are in distress? That's a relevant question. 
But he wasn't bothered by that. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against all the children of Amnon and be our head over the inhabitants of Gilead. <laughs> Rejection that, that invokes promotion from God. Now they're asking that not only should you come back home, <laughs> not only should you come back to your father's house, not only do we now accept that you are as much a son as we are, in fact, we are going further to accept <laughs> that you can be our king, you can be our boss, you can be head over us. Now we are saying, What is going on? Would he have done it? And Jephthah said unto the elders, If you bring me home again to fight against the children of Amnon, and the Lord deliver thee before me, shall I be your head? You just wanted to confirm because they had already said it. You know, there's someone who sold his birthright. Be careful what you say. We know the story of two sons. How many of you know that story? Another set of two brothers. One was supposed to be the elder. And according to tradition, the elder must be supposed to the younger. Hello? Amen. According to tradition, the elder must be the one who gets the chief of the inheritance. Yes. But just for a bowl of soup, hunger caused one man to, to sell his birthright. And used his words. Just his words were enough. To sign a contract. And the elder. Soon became. The younger. Just because of the contractual power. Of what he said. Words are powerful. Hallelujah. I'm still going through the scripture. I haven't started preaching yet. I wanted to get the story right. And the children of Gilead say unto Jim, the Lord, listen to this, words again, be our witness between us if we do not so according to thy words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and people made him head and kept it over them. And Jephthah uttered all his words before the Lord before who? <laughs> this mighty man of valor who was the son of a prostitute was the mighty man of God. Did you hear what I said? Amen. Let me say it again. In case you missed it. This mighty man of valor who was the son of a prostitute was a mighty man of God. <laughs> And I can bet my bottom dollar if you were God, you would not have even allowed him to be called a son of God. Let the God of Agape deal with stereotypical thinking. He has to start with us in this church. We are at a family. Imagine this member of the family was being kicked out of the family by the others. Why did they kick him out? Because of the way they were thinking. Because of the way they were raised. 
They kicked out a brother. I've come back to speak. I shall come back to preach on this chapter. I'm not preaching yet. I'm just going through the chapter so you understand. I haven't started preaching on the chapter yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> then the story goes. Jephthah went with him and people met him, the captain, right? And verse 12, and Jephthah sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, What hast thou to do with me, that thou comest against me to fight in my land? A man who knows where he stands with his God. Are we, are we together, my children? You need to know who you are, where you stand, and not worry about what people say about you. Because if this young man had worried about what people were saying about him, he would have left the house even before he went to school. He would have left the house without even knowing that God has made him a mighty man of valor. You see, God being God, the Gileadite or Gilead himself had many sons, as you know. Why didn't he make the sons of the wife? Hello? Amen. Why didn't he make the sons of the wife the mighty men? Because those are in the order. That's what seems to make sense. But the children of the marriage the children who were born in wedlock, if you want, as they say, out of wedlock and in wedlock. Never ever say that. You can say that in English, yes? but please, when you say that, have no disrespect for the child. Have no disrespect for the soul that is born. Please, are you hearing me? When you hear this message, this message from today, never ever make judgment about someone's circumstances of birth. They are irrelevant to God and to you. Never judge anybody. Are you hearing me? This is agape for all nations. Why are you sending people to fight against my land? He knows his land. Although he was kicked out, they said, this land is not yours. But he comes back and he knows it is land. He knows his possession. When you are a child of God, my son, my daughter, you need to just possess your possessions and not worry about what people will say or what people will think about you because your possessions are your possessions. Zako, de zako, full stop. Yours is yours. What is yours is yours by God. But if you are not careful, society will take you out of what is yours. Hallelujah. And the king of the children of Ammon answered and said unto them, messengers, they sent messengers to Jephthah, because Israel took away my land. (laughs) If you know the history, I'll start preaching later. (laughs) When they came up out of Egypt, from Amnon even unto Jacob and unto Jordan. Now therefore restore those lands again peacefully. They are talking history. And we have had people here in history. 
to fight. It's still an issue in Africa and other places where people are fighting for them. But I want you to know the principle in this chapter, you let it later. That if God has given you something, as long as it was handed to you by God, not by man. Because this matter is still a matter to this day. That's why the children of Israel, in Israel itself, physically, they are still under attack to this day. They are never having peace because people keep claiming their land and saying it's our land. But what people are forgetting is that the land was given to them by God. Are we together? You go to Israel today, we get shocked when you went there for the second time because now Jerusalem is still is separate, is divided between two places. Now Bethlehem is no longer belonging to Israel. You take a passport and the cross over. It's just a line, just a walk. For us to go to Bethlehem and see where he was born, we had to go to another country technically. Because they are still claiming and fighting that it is our land. Are you with me? Amen. To this day, those who watch politics, the politics of Israel in that area, Middle East, is still containing this issue of land. It's not only in South Africa where they are fighting for land. This is started a long time ago. But the principle in this message is this. When God has blessed you with something, the Bible says the wealth of the righteous, the wealth, sorry, or the wealth of the sinner is laid up with the righteous. Do you understand what it means? It means the things that belong to people who are not belonging to God. <laughs> they are raised up for the people who belong to God. God can make you look after a field <laughs> so that he can give that field to his son or daughter when it's looked after properly. You are just a higher deliver. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told you there are deep-seated teachings in this story. That's why I'm going verse by verse so that you get to know the chapter. I haven't started preaching on it yet, but you are getting the gist of it. Are you? Amen. And the king of the children of Amram answered and said unto them, because Israel took away the land. Okay, I've read that. Jephthah then sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Amram, saying, Thus says Jephthah, now is, is, who is now speaking? Who is the boss? The son of the hallowed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for putting it plainly. <laughs> then they said, and they said unto him, Thus says Jonathan Jephthah, Israel took not away thy land, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt, you know the story, right? Yeah. And walked through the wilderness into the Red Sea. And he came to, he's now telling them how this whole place they are calling theirs was given to them by God. It was possession. We shall talk of you possessing your possessions. 
I shall preach later about this chapter. I want you to understand the story. Rejection that invokes God's direction. We are dealing today with a chapter and a situation that the church has not wanted to talk about for a long time. Because pastors and servants of God, they do not talk about such things because of their background too. Hallelujah. But I want you to know that as you go through this chapter, you realize that there are a lot of people in our day, particularly in this generation, whose circumstances of death were such that they were born to a mother and the father was not there. Are you with me? And the church has to learn to have respect for these children. Are you with me? This is a family conference. There are so many people who are being raised by their baby mamas now. And the God of Agape wants the people to know that they are no different from the ones who are raised by the father and the mother in the house. Are you hearing it? And God wants us as church and his people to never ever disrespect anyone in respect of their circumstances of death. As long as it's a human being. You have no right to judge them on the basis of their background of death. Because there are so many people who were born raised by mothers and God bless those mothers. When the father is not in the picture. And society has put them aside. But I know that growing up I've seen so many who grew up in such circumstances and they went on to become pastors. Why did the church not accept them? Why did the church not refuse them? Why didn't they say, ah, we know your background, you grew up, you are just under a baby mama you. How can you become a pastor? What is that to do with you? God bless that mama, that woman to be the mother of that child. To be able to look after that child, that son, whether it's one or two or three or whatever number they weigh. And God bless you, ladies, whoever is raising children under such circumstances. May God make you to hear this message that no one should ever look down upon you, no one should ever disrespect you because they're asking, Where is your husband? Your husband is in heaven. Amen. And may God help those baby judges who are walking in shame because of that situation. I want to help you to know that the moment God used you to, to bring a child into this world, that child belongs to God, that soul belongs to God. Amen. Are you hearing? The church has to deal with this, and if it is me where to start with it, so be it. I'm always the first setter. Bringing subjects that people try to not talk about. 
Yet it's scriptural. It's there. But society wants to put these people away. Some of you are sitting here right now. Some of, you know, the, the church grew with so many pastors, so many elders. I can even think of many whose circumstances were like this young man. They went on to become envoys, evangelists, and commissioners, and board members because of their agape love. Hallelujah. And God is teaching us as a church that we need to learn to accept people as they are because we are not God. He's teaching us never to make judgment about anyone as long as they are a human being in their soul. Judge not so that you will be. Jephthah, the son of a prostitute. Well, on verse 1, want to finish this reading together. But when Israel came up from Egypt, he was explaining to them the history that they should know. Do you know this history? As a child of God yourself, how did the children of Israel come out of Egypt? And ended up in Israel today. We know the story, don't we? Yes. So he was trying to explain to them that this piece of land you are claiming to be yours, it was given to the children of Israel by God. God let you make the roads for them. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. God was letting them all these Moabites and all the other people who were the, 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 the Jebusites because Jerusalem was called Jebus. Hello? Before it became Jerusalem. The Jebus belonged to the people who are called the Jebusites. They are the ones. God used them to make sure Jebus was ready to become a Jerusalem. <laughs> That's what God does when he loves you so much. He will make some people to work for you so that you can possess your possession. That's what, when you are a child, do you know that you say it's amazing, it's amazing, it's beautiful, yes, to become a child of God. Because God can make things happen when you are sleeping. Let me preach. You are, oh my goodness, I don't want to preach on this subject. I haven't come to preach yet, I'm still just talking. While you are sitting, baby, while you are dreaming, baby, while you are in your bedroom, God is busy making plans for you. God is busy making someone arrange an office for you to become the boss. God is busy making someone. They may have been, they, they may have been boss for the past two years, but God was just using them to make sure by the time you are promoted, everything is put in place because you are a child of God. He makes them work for you. And then puts you in place at the right time. They don't know this God. That's why I cannot worship anything else except him. Because what he can do for me beyond is beyond the perception of men. He is always confusing people. According to Isaiah 43, he says, he, uh, he confound your enemies. They will be confused. There will be confusion. Confused is not confused. What is happening? Because the God of Agape is doing something. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's meticulous to become a child of God. It's Agape delicious to belong to him. Because you know what? When things are happening, when people are crafting their own things, doing their own environment and their arrangements against you, just know that as long as you stand with your God, he will work. You make them to work for you. The Israel, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Adam, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass 
through thy land, but the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in the manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent, and Israel abode in Kadesh. Now listen to this. This man, whose society was calling the son of a prostitute, do you see that? How God is now using him to become the redeemer and the savior of Israel. In this particular circumstance, he's almost taking the shoes of Jesus Christ. He is becoming the savior of the nation. But the nation considered him the son of a prostitute. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Go and read that scripture again. Thank you, Commissioner, for confirming that last night. You didn't know you were confirming. When you, put, when you pulled out that verse in your, were you praying or something? Yeah. Were you were praying. When you pulled out that verse from nowhere, I was like, what? Because before God took me to this scripture, he took me to that first. He says, I want to show you that your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways are not your I wanted to, to show you what I mean by that. So he took me back, back, back to Isaiah first before he brought me here. He didn't know. <laughs> That's what happened. So after going through Isaiah 2 to 5 with me, then he said, okay, I now want to take you to judges. So you understand what I meant there. But you quote the scripture. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But you don't want to, <laughs> to put it in practice. When the son of a prostitute comes and says hello to you. His ways are no longer his ways. Let me ask you a question. If you have a daughter who is single, is not married, you, she turns 21, then she becomes 28, she becomes 30, she becomes 35, she becomes 39. And then when she's age 39, a son of a prostitute offers to marry her. Are you going to say no? You are the mother. Hello? The son of a prostitute now says, Mama, I want to marry your daughter. I'm ready to pay the, the incomers, the cows. He brings guns, makwacha, zaka zaka. Ta, 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 ta. And they begin to prepare a wedding. Will you say, I have checked your background and I know that you are your mother. Your mother was a prostitute. Therefore, since your mother was a prostitute, you cannot marry my daughter. Would you say that? Or you'll be the happiest of mother in the world, <laughs> celebrating that your daughter is now finally you are okay now because your daughter has been married. But no more now, this issue is no longer relevant. See? You see how people think? Society and their stereotype. Let's go. Then they went along through the wilderness 
and encompassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab, and came by the east side of the land of Moab, and pitched on the other side of Ammon, but, um, uh, but came not within the border of Moab, for Ammon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, the king of Ammon. I'll talk about this all this more later on. The king of Eshbon and Israel said unto him, Let us pass, we pray thee, through thy land into, into my place. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast, but Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in jars and fought against Israel. Mistake number one. <laughs> and the Lord God of Israel delivered. Why do you fight the people of God? My people perish because of labor. The moment you realize that this one is a son of God, this one belongs to God, you waste your time fighting that person. In fact, when you fight the person, you are in danger of losing even what you have. These guys were just asking to be allowed to what? To pass. And this guy decided to fight them. And his, <laughs> what happened when he fought them? He trusted not for them to pass through his coast. Then he gathered his people to fight. They are not asking for fighting. They just say they want to pass through your land. And then you start fighting them. When a son of God wants to pass through your land, you want to fight him. Even the land of yours, you lose it. Don't fight the servant of God. Because in the process, you end up losing even what you have. Be very careful who you fight. Are you hearing me, church? Be very careful who you fight be very careful who you fight with. I leave it like that. And the Lord, listen to this verse 21, the Lord God of Israel delivered now that Sion which is fighting. Delivered what? What did he do? Delivered that country, that land, and all his people where? Into the hand of Israel. And then possess all the land. Why are you fighting the men of God? Why are you fighting the children of God? When you fight them, God will dispossess you. Amen. Are you hearing? This is a very serious principle. Be very careful. Because when you fight the servants of God, you are in danger of being dispossessed. God will not like it. Are you hearing? The God of Agape will take them away. Hear me, house of Judah. May the church take note of this one. So Israel possessed all, not part of it, but all the land of Ammon, the inhabitants of that country too. Never watch. But if they just allowed them peacefully pass, they would have just passed and they would have kept their land. While this way, Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? Amen. Book. It has very much possible out the book of this. And they possessed, I like that. 
I told you this conference is a conference of gigantic possession, gigantic blessings. <laughs> the Lord sent me this time to release some gigantic blessings to the people. That's why he gave me this message. But, uh -uh, the time has now come for the God of Agape to cause you to possess your possession. Watch the testimony that are coming after this conference. Mark my words. <laughs> I was sent this time. I didn't want to release this, but God sent me this time. I was on the plane. Was talking. He said, this family conference is a flagship family conference. I've stacked within your hands huge blessings for my people to possess their things. Wow. When I was on the plane, the Lord spoke to me and says, I'm sending you this time that the children of Agape that are with you now. Watch what they are going to pick. So watch what they are going to possess. Watch what they are going to possess after this conference. Mark my words. Because that's what God promised. Amen. When I get the chance to release the blessing, lay hands on me, whichever way I'm going to do it. Watch what's going to happen. Watch what's, what's going to come your way. Amen. Hallelujah. So that the people who know that the God of Agape is God. Amen. The people that laugh at you will cause you pain in the attic. They will look at you and they will be praising this God. They will be saying, I see what the God of Agape is doing in your life. Why? I want you to understand that it is his love for you that he will cause this mess to happen in your life. It says, and they say, that's me. They possessed you all the cross. You know the, the prayer of Jabez. He said, just enlarge my cross. But God is not just causing the light. He wants you to possess not just one cross, but all the cross of those people who are fighting. <laughs> they didn't realize, they don't realize this divine principle that when you fight the people of God, when you fight the servants of God, you are inviting yourself into the danger of losing your own possessions. I don't like people losing things, but watch what's going to happen unless people, some people repent. Things will fall out of their hands and their pockets and things will be surprised because they continue to fight the people of God. They are inviting themselves into this possession. It's a biblical principle. Take your sister and I'm done. They possessed all the course of the Amorites, from Ammon even unto Jabok, and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. He had to expand more. The course was expanded because of their fight. The more they fight you, the more your blessing is expanded. Hallelujah. But I'm just like chapter. When they kick you out, just go. Just go. Don't fight nobody. Go to fight for you. The time will come when they will look for you. Amen. They will realize that they are lost without the Vishnu. Nothing surprises God. So I ask the question. 
Okay, if somebody else now says, I didn't want to even know how to, I would talk about this. But if somebody says, now they are the ones taking over, I ask them the question. When I received the vision in 2007, if God knew that this other person is the one who is supposed to be the visionary, why didn't he go to that person in 2007 in the first place? Was he dead and then resurrected in 2008? He was there in 2007. God could have just said, ah, you are a Christian young man, I don't think I can use you. So for the sake of the vision, to progress smoothly without any problems, I can see that one who is there, I'm going to give him there. I would not even have known. Maybe, maybe I would have been a member of the church without even knowing that issue could have come to me. So do you think God was not seeing that person was there? So why did he go to him? Why did he give him the vision? Exactly. Are you hearing me? Let people hear the truth and not continue to be misled. I did not choose myself. He chose me. And you. Even you, he says to you as your children, as children of God, he actually says, you did not choose yourself, but I, that's what he says to Christ. He chose you. If someone disagrees with the choosing, that is their problem. Because those God has chosen you. He doesn't matter. He doesn't care about your so-called background of birth. They say you are a son of a prostitute. God does not care about that. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anniversary. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, we are the only ones who can talk of the 15th anniversary. Because I know where it started. And you know where it started. You know how it started. So if they can, if they can celebrate without the visionary, they, they can't even open their mouth to talk about how it started. So how can you be in a thing and you can't tell how it started? That's serious confusion. And may God help them to hear the word, the voice, and repent in good time. And do the right thing in good time. But we don't fight them. No one fights. We just ask them to pass by. Agape is just passing by. I'm just passing by. Amen. Hello? I've got a certain journey. God called me. I don't know why. I don't understand why. Even me, I don't understand why. Even me. Even me, I disagree with me. Are you with me? So I'm not surprised you can disagree. But whether I disagree, whether you disagree, is irrelevant. Because he chose me. Whether somebody disagrees with the fact that God picked you and chose you to be in this vision is their problem because he chose you. And guess what? The big possessions that are coming that you are going to be picking from Monday, from Tuesday, those that, whether they like it or not, you are going to be picking them because they have been fighting the people of God who just said, let us just pass through 
Father, thank you for your word. We shall continue. I pray, Almighty Father, that as you give us understanding of this scripture, I pray, O God of Agape, that you help us to understand. There are so many biblical principles that are buried in this chapter. From verse 1 to the last verse. Lord, I pray that your children, even as they go over this chapter again, let them not miss any of the biblical principles that are enshrined here. Of this chapter, no preacher has preached on it before. This chapter, no preacher. Preachers have shunned it and avoided talking about it. But I thank you, Father, when you spoke to me and gave me directive that this is the word for the family conflict. So that people can understand that you are the God of Agape and this vision is a new vision for a new generation. That you want to respect that the people of God, you want the church of God to have respect for the so-called baby mamas and baby daddies out there. Because they gave rise, you allowed them to give birth to people, to people, souls that you love. And they've got an agenda and a mission with everyone, no matter their circumstances of birth. Father, I thank you for this chapter helps us to understand your true agape love for mankind. Your unconditional love. How I pray that the church of God will have an understanding of the apathy the devil ko sheba hana the kere na sukome me ko tedere hana chune nzukume me ka hautenena that the agape love extends far beyond our imagination and our expectation. How, Lord, I pray you help us to understand your character, your name, your personality, and your person as the God who loves us all. As the God who has his unconditional love upon us all, irrespective of our circumstances of death. We are going to possess our possessions. And those who dare fight us are fighting us and therefore fighting themselves or positioning themselves in their position or situation of being dispossessed. And that in the process, that's how we pick our blessings. Thank you, Father, for this message shall become reality in the lives of your children, in the days and the months and the years to come. As they will pick their possessions day by day, month by month, because of the fighting that has happened. Because of the people who fought your servants over the years, thinking that they were doing the right thing. In the process, they were putting themselves for dispossession. And I thank you, mighty Father, for the testimonies that are about to come from these, your children. For the time has I give you praise and glory and honor in the name of God the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of the Lord, Yeshua, Mashiach, I pray. Amen.